See, I'm from Sydney and I'm in Melbourne today. And every time I come to Melbourne, I just find it's such a cool place for creativity and doing art and buildings and stuff. And in healthcare, I find that the best creations that are made, they come from the providers that are on the ground. They feel the problem firsthand. They have the vision, but they don't know how to create the technology, the solution that might solve the problem. And as a clinician, how do you take this idea that you've got in your head and turn it into reality? A product, a piece of technology that can enter the market. You've got to partner with people who know their stuff, right? And Hitori have been doing this for a long time. A technology agency that's working with a lot of different industries, but more and more so in healthcare. Today I'm here in their studio in Melbourne and chatting with Nicholas Colm, the creative director, CTO and co-founder of Hitori, their agency, and also Kenko, a health tech startup that's spun out of the agency. In this episode, we talk about the challenges that clinicians face in trying to get an idea for an app out of their head and into code, overcoming obstacles and finding success in healthcare innovation, and some practical advice for clinicians thinking of building technology. Collaboration starts with a conversation team health tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me here in, in this awesome looking office and the great mural. And is there, actually, is there a story behind the mural or is it just really cool? Uh, it's just a Japanese theme. There's no direct uh, theme at all, but um, my son's name is Phoenix. So there's, we noticed there's a Phoenix on the wall a few years after he was born, ironically. Oh, right. <laughs> you had this perfect opportunity just then to say there was the inspiration, but hey, it was fortuitous perhaps. But tell us a bit more about Hattori, what, what you do, how did, how did we all get here, what's, what's going on? Yeah, so Hattori, we've been in business for 11 years, or just over 11 years, so I started off as a, a developer and a designer, working with a lot, of, a lot of enterprise companies. I obviously saw an opening in the market for a lot of enterprise apps, I always wanted to build apps that helped people, helped the community. Started Hattori, we, we essentially did anything initially, anything that we could get through the door, pay the bills and so forth. And then we found a bit of a niche in the health space. So we were approached by a clinician from Austin Health seven or eight years ago now. And we built his first app, which was really cool. It was really, you know, we found, like we found a lot of benefit in that. He was on Channel 9 on A Current Affair, I think it was, promoting, pr promoting the app. And he referred us to other people. And we started to you know, find a lot of enjoyment out of building these health apps as well. That's interesting. So a clinician from within Austin Health. So I think we're going to dive into that that point for a little bit here because often it's a single clinician or, or someone feeling a problems firsthand in health that gets the inspiration to, to build some technology. Do you find that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so he was the first one that came to us. And we've found everyone ever since. He's referred us to other people that he knows have had sort of similar qualms, got an idea, how do I bring this to life, so to speak? Yeah. So he's referred us through and we've built multiple evolutions of, you know, like remote patient monitoring sort of platforms and sort of tweaked it a little bit built on that. So yeah, a lot of it does come from inside the healthcare sector, which is, is good. Yeah. And it's one thing to say, hey, technology can solve for this particular problem. Maybe firstly, what, what are some of those problems that you're finding clinicians are wanting to solve with technology first? And then we can actually get into the challenges around implementing that technology. Or I mean, remote patient monitoring is a big one. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, you know, patients, they might have a stent, for example, then they have to go home and they have to come back in multiple times to get their blood pressure taken and simple checkups. So a lot of the, the innovation came out of not needing to waste time doing these kind of things. You know, the patient can take their own blood pressure mm. and, and submit it through the app. The clinician can, can view it from the hospital. And then on top of that, it frees up clinicians to do other things more beneficial with their time. They're all under the pump. They're all burnt out and tired and exhausted and they need to focus their time on sort of more important aspects of yeah. their job. And so then, you know, that, that remote patient monitoring side in particular, thinking about taking away some of that burden on clinicians, allowing them to do things. I would imagine from a patient side to kind of give the potential for more accurate results, given that things happen behind the scenes as opposed to patients, you know, writing stuff down or manually punching things in. Yeah, exactly. So the very first apps that we built were all very manual. So this is seven or eight years ago. So they would have a, a Bluetooth, or not a Bluetooth device, a, a manual device. They put it on their arm, they take the reading, they manually enter in. You know, the, the two different ratings and submit that. But over the years, there's now Bluetooth devices. So out of all these apps that we're building, they're very, very similar. With a lot of clinicians, they want the same thing. They want patients at home, giving them the data, not having to always have checkups at home. So we've sort of built on that and we've actually built a own platform out of a lot of the knowledge called Kenko that we've learned over the last sort of seven or eight years. And this uses Bluetooth technology so we integrate with a wide variety of manufacturers you know omron and VivaLink, to take blood pressure weight temperature oxygen and all of that happens through a mobile app that the patient has at home goes up to the cloud and the clinician can view that data online and then on top of that we've also got automation involved so when you have a checkup if your blood pressure is too high the clinician says look it's a little bit too high do a b and c to, to get it down so our automation does all of that so we try to reduce that requirement for clinicians to do the manual checkups and to to provide routine recommendations on how to improve your health. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt... 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. 
and to say thanks for your input. Everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. This all sounds good in theory and, and conceptually, you know, when you're building these type of solutions or thinking about, hey, you know, an app could really solve for this problem. It's one thing taking this idea and then even like once it's built and then actually like plugging it into the healthcare system. What, what are those kind of challenges you've seen about build this really good looking Apple system? You know, and then you've got to actually get patients to use it, clinicians to use it. Like there's hospitals that have, I can't even call some hospitals because they, they block me from, from things, let alone getting technology plugged into it. Yeah, so, so with our platform, so because clinicians have driven like the work through Hitori that we've built, you know, all the bespoke apps we've built, it's always when the clinicians drive in that process. And a lot of the hurdles that they come across is getting like, privacy and legal documentation mm-hmm. approval to actually use it in the, in the hospital. And then on top of that, IT, so getting a server set up in a hospital amazingly can take a year or two just to host the, host the data. So we're trying to remove those two major problems and have all of our you know legal terms and conditions all set it's the same for everybody so we've got all HIPAA compliance we allow fire protocols to get the data out into your emrs or ehrs as well and then on top of that again helping the clinicians say look we've got a product now it's off the shelf you don't need to do it and the r&d and you're not building a product it's not it's not a bespoke build you don't need to get funding or anything all you need to do is say yep this is a product it does everything that i want it does messaging and telehealth as well on top of the readings so we just want to pay and use this uh, piece of software. So a lot, I think a lot of the hurdles are, are in getting funding to actually do R&D and build a brand new product that they don't know what the outcome may be. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. It's the, you're not just exploring to see the potential to create something. There, there's a specific kind of um, scope of work that's going to be created. Is it always clinicians that are, that are approaching you to, to build solutions? Are you finding there's like health tech startups that, you know, there might be a, a non-technical founder, maybe really strong in product or other things, have a vision, but need the technical capability to build We up. have had that. So we've worked with a, a few startups to build like e-prescribing systems and, you know, online ordering of, you know, contraception pills and so forth. So yeah. we've built a few platforms like that. We worked with um, medicinal or medicinal cannabis uh, companies to build like all the SASB and the TGA requirements. So it does a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, pulls a lot of data out because they need to obviously go to the TGA to say who's getting these, you know, SA sort of medications as well. But a lot of the time from the hospitals and, and bigger orgs, it is the clinicians with an idea. But on top of that, a lot of it is very specialised. So we're working with an anaesthetist at the moment. So we've done all the wireframe, we've done the design. And there's so many things in that that we, I'd never heard of the terms in there or how they work or how they operate, you know. <laughs> so it needs to be driven by them. We can build the product and we can, we understand the security and a lot of the, the you know, the, the finer details. But when it comes to the healthcare side, we only know what we know, you know, what we've learned from them. And the clinical working Exactly. Because you dropped, you know, a few of the, the common terms, the fires, the H or seven standards, the, and points around e-prescribing. But a lot of this is, that's a technical problem to solve, but it's it's you know the technology side. With I imagine the trickier part would be the clinical workflow and then the That's implementing right. in the exactly in the hospitals. Yeah. So with the anaesthetist, we we spent what three or four weeks just doing the wireframe to get all the screens right, get all the, the right data, different layers of data, who who inputs data, who sort of oversees the input of that data. So there's a lot more on the you know the understanding their processes rather than just doing the design or doing the the, the HIPAA compliance, for example. And you mentioned that. 
you've gone from uh, you're obviously continuing to build uh, solutions for clinicians and for clients, but you've also now got your own thing that you've yeah. built. Tell me a bit more yeah. about that. Yeah, so Kenko is Kenko means health, very uh, sort of Japanese on theme for me mm-hmm. again with Hitori. Yeah. <laughs> but stay on brand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it very much came out of all the experiences that we've had over the last seven eight years. You know, we, we seem to build or we built four or five of the same product over the last seven, eight years from the very first one that we did with the Austin Health and all the referrals that he's provided. And they all want the same outcomes, just to get patients at home, providing them data you know, within the, you know, the hospital or the clinic. Yeah. And a lot of them face the same issues. So trying to get the initial funding takes sort of a year or two, and then trying to get that ongoing internal support you know, to grow the product and support the product. A lot of the clinicians are very busy already, so trying to do a startup on the side or build a platform on the side is, you know, it's a job in the, in, the, in itself that they don't have the time to do. So I thought, why don't we just build our own platform out of all these skills and knowledge that we've learned? We'll take it to market and they could just license and use our product rather than building the same thing over and over. So we've got like a clinical advisory board as such that, you know, from Austin and the Alfred that we've worked with in the past to give us advice on a lot of the automation aspect. Mm. But we're also open to work with other clinicians. So if you have a look at Kenko and there's something missing, some other data point that you need to capture, give us a yell and we can implement that too. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you start to get consistent uh, requests for similar type solutions. There's no point reinventing the wheel every time if you've got a robust solution that solve for those problems and you can tweak those last couple of percent then that's exactly. a, it's a yeah. good outcome for everyone that's a plan anyway yeah. and then obviously global so it's a global issue you know the healthcare's you know, struggling globally so we all have a blood pressure and, and oxygen levels that we need monitored so we can release it everywhere how do you find that challenge of you know there are so many devices we've talked a lot about software and, and the, the platform there to be able to communicate there there's a lot of like things you strap on your arm and things you plug in to, to read data, like, and the list is ever growing. How do you keep on top of all of that? So we're, we're trying to position ourselves a little bit like Strava. So Strava is for fitness. You've got, you know, Garmin devices and Polar devices. It doesn't matter what you use. Mm. Strava doesn't make their own devices that I know of. So we, we're a similar approach. When we don't stick with a certain manufacturer and we integrate with a, a bunch of different manufacturers, mm and get the data in and display the data in the same format to clinicians. So if there's other devices that come on the market, we'll just integrate with those and support a multitude of devices. Is every single one a different build or is there some standards they build to? Or? Yeah, so the devices are all different. So they've got different APIs and SDKs that we need to integrate with, but and the data all, all comes out of the devices differently as well. So we sort of need to read that data in, massage it a little bit, and then display the same on our graphing and our, and our fire APIs and so forth. And I guess it would all just be based on demand, right? Like exactly. People say, yeah. I need so, to read off this. So. Yeah, so if, like we, we do like A&D and Omron and FeverLink devices now, but if there's other ones that need to be integrated, we can integrate with those too. Yeah. And where's the sweet spot then? Like the, the, the ideal clients from your side, those that you can really solve a problem for right away, there's a lot of people who would be listening to the show that, you know, uh, have an interest and an aspiration to, to do something meaningful in healthcare with technology, um, who are the type of people who should be reaching out to you? I mean, well, there's two different sides. So there's the, the Kenko, the startup side, mm. which is, you know, like clinicians and hospitals or 
regional remote care, indigenous communities, for example, GP clinics that have longer term patients that might have aged care, elderly care. There's you know, a wide range on that side. And, and then on the agency side where it was more custom stuff is people that have like the anaesthetist example. Someone that has a very specialised need, they see an issue that could be automated or digital transformation, I think they say. So any, any, anything along those lines that we can help you, you know, help understand your problem, try to solve that problem. We can do it, you know, with a, a smaller budget to get an MVP out the door to test, to, you know, to test the market as such, and then sort of grow with you over, over the evolution of it. That's some good advice generally about, you know, not looking to solve all the world's problems in the first build, get, get something out there that yeah, can do that. Definitely. The... I mean, that's one thing that we've, because everyone wants massive app they want to do everything in it but there's no need sometimes you're better off just taking a small chunk solving a, a small mm. part of your problem and then doing the next part of your problem and then growing yeah. Yeah. and lastly then you know thinking about the future then it sounds like you've got a busy agenda on the plate you're doing the work for the um as the agency side uh, you got kenko as well what are the main priorities over the next 6 12 24 months they so continue our, our work with the agency and work with the, the clients that we've got on board, any new health tech startups that have ideas, we want to work with them as well, and on, on the enterprise stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But Kenko's launching in uh, May, so we'll look at Kenko out the door. We're looking to start a seed round as well to try to help it sort of globally because we're you know, a fairly smallish team, so if we want to expand everywhere, we need support and, and growth as well. Love it. We'll put the details for uh, Hitori and for Kenko in the show notes of the episode for people to check out. It's great to have um, you guys on as THC Plus members and um, we'll get the, the word out about Kenko and everything else you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June and I personally read every submission. In fact... If you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy you a coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.